Welcome back to the Watch More Books podcast. This is where we take the books and compare them to their media counterparts, whether that's a movie or a TV series on Netflix. We ultimately come to the decision of which was better. Today's episode, we're going to be looking over The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. This book was originally published in 2016 and the movie released in 2021, starring Lucy Hale and Austin Stowell. This book versus the movie, there are so many differences. I mean, there could be, it would probably be a lot easier to describe the similarities rather than the differences. And for how different they are, honestly, the movie could get away with saying that it's, you know, not adapted by the book because it's honestly completely different. But we're going to dive into some of it. Originally, Robbie Emil was supposed was cast as Joshua Templeton and due to I think some scheduling conflicts he was not able to fulfill the role and that was actually a better salute a better trade-off because Austin Stilwell meets the more of the height requirement for the actual character whereas Robbie Emil is only 5'11 Austin is 6'1 and I think in the book he's supposed to be closer to 6'4 Whereas Lucy Hale is 5'2", and in the book she's supposed to be an even 5 foot tall. Okay, but let's just like dive into this, okay? So in the book he is supposed to have all these various very colored shirts that he wears in a very particular order. He's supposed to have white, off-white, striped, cream, pale yellow, mustard, baby blue, robin's egg blue, dove gray, navy, and then black. And it's an unchanging sequence. But in the movie, he's only got like five colored shirts, which is dove gray, white, powder blue, windowpane blue, and true blue. There's a lot of blues there, but in the book, the whole reason for, I think it's Robin's egg blue, is because it's the shirt color that reminded him of Lucy's eyes. And even though Lucy Hale does not have blue eyes, she has green eyes, and they kind of adapted that for the movie, but, you know, it still throws off because the way the book moves, you know what day of the week it is because she points out, oh, today is the mustard-colored shirt day, which he's surprisingly is able to pull off and all that. But when you're introduced into the office space of this movie, it... It doesn't match what the book was supposed to be going for. Like, you're supposed to walk in and it's supposed to be like bright, shiny, reflective, like marble, steel, and glass. And they did match uh, Josh's desk to being the glass desks, but Lucy Hale's desk is a wooden desk with like cascades of everything over all around it. When both of them were supposed to be pretty neat desks, pretty clean, but and his his desk wasn't supposed to have anything on it but the computer and his agenda and his pens. All the posts and everything like that were supposed to be pretty much like in a drawer. He has a lot more stuff on his desk in the movie, which is kind of more understandable. Most people have a lot of stuff on their desks and it's not so wiped off, but hers was just like way overly cluttered. Let's see, Danny has a much bigger appearance in the movie than he does in the book, like bringing her her package and all that stuff and the coffees and all that. And he just has a much bigger presence in the movie than it does in the book. 
and in the book it makes a little bit more sense there's no chemistry there's no connection you know she could see herself as a friend but you know there was no spark like she had with Josh but in the movie it kind of makes you feel like she's basically just blowing off this really good guy kind of goofy whatever you know in, in the in the movie Lucy doesn't have a car where in the book she has a car but it's constantly in the shop and so she rides the bus and that's why Josh offers to give her a ride is because you know she doesn't you know her car's broken down but you know she does rely on public public transit and it makes a little bit more sense of you know the the decision not to take off her coat when she walks in the little black dress because you know she just had to ride the bus all the way to work in that dress with people staring at her um so she you know, is very cautious about taking off that jacket in the movie. She's just really confident when she walks off that elevator until she trips and falls, which the trip and falling thing was much better visually than it was in the book. And another difference was dealing with the elevator scene. Um, Lucy's not supposed to kiss Josh first. No. When he hits that um, stop button, she's supposed to throw herself on the floor and be like, Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. I was really looking forward to that in the movie. And then it wasn't there. And, you know, they did it to where she kisses him first. And that just kind was kind of a letdown. And, you know, he was the one that was supposed to have, like, the sil- serial killer eyes that she always points out. Instead, it's him pointing out that she's got the serial killer eyes. Which, you know, I just think it would make more sense. I mean, there he was much more laid back in the movie than he was in the book. He was like a lot more of a stick up his ass in the book and it made it much more believable that maybe he was, you know, just messing with her for the promotion when it came down to it. Like it made it so much more believable that it's like, wait, you quit your job? When? <laughs> like I didn't know, you know Friday before we left it was going to be your last day. Why didn't you say anything? And and then in the movie they go to the wedding and everything and he still has a job when he gets back she she doesn't find out that he has quit until the day they announce that he has quit and she won the promotion and speaking about the promotion in the movie he goes through her presentation notes in her apartment while he's there taking care of her which is not something that happens in the book and they draw out the the sick scene in the book a lot more than they do in the movie. But the one part that I did like was the, uh, you know, when he was dressed as a dog until he was 12. And she was like, no, Josh, that's too old. That was actually really funny. But um, when she goes to his apartment after she kisses Danny and she's supposed to walk around this apartment like stalkerish, you know, and instead, you just it, it just flashes to the scene of her standing outside the apartment, and him, you know, asking if you know if he's home. The person she's waiting on is home. But like when they get into the apartment, you know, they're supposed to sit there, they're supposed to watch, you know, ER. She's supposed to go through his entire apartment, go through all of his stuff and all that, while he makes them tea. And instead, it's just like this awkward. Um, I'm going to try to sleep with you. He says no, and then they have this big fight, and that's not that's not something that happens in the book. And so I was kind of a little upset that that was there. 
you know, besides Josh's room is supposed to be blue and because Lucy's eyes are blue and instead the room is green because Lucy Hale, her eyes are actually green. And then, you know, and then like the going to the wedding part where um, in the movie, Josh shows up to her apartment and it's like, what are you doing here? Oh, you know, my brother's wedding, blah, blah, blah. Now, it's supposed to be the awkward um, in the book where she, they are expecting this to come in a few days. And she brings a bag and it's in her car. And they do this exchange and, they're, and she's afraid that somebody from work is going to see them, you know, exchanging, you know, her bag to his car and all that stuff. And it's supposed to be more awkward intention. They leave from work to go to the wedding. And it's supposed to just be for the weekend and she doesn't know it's his last day and all that stuff but this time he shows up to her apartment to pick her up and you know, she has to change and just run and go and then it's they you know have sex before the wedding where you know this is they skip the rehearsal dinner and they do it and it's that that's fine but it's not a great move because it doesn't really line up with the occurrence of the book like um you know that kind of you know connection between them it doesn't line up for how they concluded the movie i mean this movie was completely out of order if you want to compare it to the book completely out of aura order and you know they're missing some scenes in there but i think that was just kind of you know something they could have actually left out of the book but you know it's just they go to the rehearsal dinner, they're supposed to go to the wedding, and then it's after the wedding, the reception, where she stands up for him and everything, and the heat of the exchange between that, and then she finds out that, you know, she's at the wedding of his brother and his ex-girlfriend, and she's supposed to do one of her classic freakouts, run off to the ocean side and stand there and talk to his mom, his mom's supposed to calm her down, and then he comes out and talks to her, and then they go back to the room, and that's when it just kind of all, you know, unfolds and all of that. And then you know, trying to, he he starts, you know, bringing about all the discussion of how he's truly in love with her and whatnot. And then they, you know, they they go to brunch the next day, and they sit down with the family, and then they leave, and then they go back and to his apartment and that's when he shows her the room and you know explains that he's been in love with her this entire year and also the ex-girlfriend thing like the the lining the timeline for the movie with the ex-girlfriend is him and his ex-girlfriend break up the same time that he quits med school before he goes to work at Bexley Books Whereas in the book, he's already working for Bexley and the whole tension of him and his girlfriend breaking up was because of the day he met Lucy and he instantly had feelings for her that day and he felt wrong in the relationship and she felt it and she was already talking to his brother because of it and she ended up falling in love with the brother and marrying the brother and he was completely 100% fine with it because... He admittedly had feelings for Lucy. This entire year that he was working for the Bexley Gammon, it was him playing these games with her to try to get her to fall in love with him, 
whereas she thought the game was to hate each other, which is, you know, the hating game, the name of the book and the movie. But also another difference in the whole thing at the very beginning in the movie, it's explaining that um, it used to be the home of just Gammon Books, Gammon Publishing, where, and then the Bexleys moved in, where in the book, they both had separate offices on the end of town, and they came, when they were merging, they came to a point of finding an office building right in the middle. So it wasn't a Gammon building before, and it wasn't a Bexley building before, so it was like neutral territory, and you know, this space was, you know, whatever. And then, you know, the whole confrontation where uh, Josh is telling his boss that he, you know, doesn't need any help beating Lucy for this promotion, which was in the book, just a side comment that happened out by their desks. And it wasn't a conversation that she just overheard in Mr. Bexley's office. And another thing, they could have picked a different actor to play Mr. Bexley because it's really hard to see uh, Sean Spencer's dad, Mr. Spencer from Psych, tried to play this character because it was just really out of the loop for him to be playing this character. And he doesn't pull it off very well. He's too much of a nice guy versus the guy that they described in the book. So that casting was very off. I mean, he's a great actor. It's just him playing the sleazy dirt bag that is supposed to be like asleep in his office most of the time or just really degrading towards women he just doesn't fit the the bill for that and then lucy's presentation at the end where it's supposed to be like this interactive you know thing where the author comes out with a, a chapter at a time and then you know they get to have these conversations between the author and the people reading it. So, and that the, the the readers have kind of a say into what goes on. And in the book, it's supposed to be the backlist titles that are being turned into eBooks on a different type of platform. And in the the in the book, it's supposed to be a Blood Summer, which is an old thriller book. And in the movie, she presents weather weather and that's supposed to be w-h-e-t-h-e-r and then you know weather like rain and also one other notable difference they they mention it in the movie that josh is a gym rat like that's where he spends his lunches and all that but it's honestly a lot more pronounced in the book like how often he's going to the gym he's going to the gym before work he's going to gym during lunch he's going to gym after work i mean he's always at the gym because he's got so much pent-up energy and stuff because of lucy and then then you flip kind of back towards when he resigns from bng like he's not supposed to be there back at the office from the time that they came back from the wedding when they leave for the wedding, he's already done and has resigned in the book. But in the movie, the wedding is just kind of an event that happens over the weekend that kind of leads up to a huge argument and all that kind of stuff, the, the competition part of it. And then in 
the book, he's supposed to be living, leaving for Sanderson Print. In the movie, he's leaving for an actual real publishing company called HarperCollins. But like I said before, there's so many more differences from the movie to in the book that it's almost easier to kind of list the, the small similarities, like the opening line, I have a theory, hating somebody feels disturbingly similar to being in love with them. That was one line that was so good in the book, and I'm so glad they put it in the movie. Another accurate detail was the Sleepy Saurus t-shirt, even though in the movie she has it on the entire night that she's sick, and in the book she is wakes up and her shirt has been changed uh, into, I think, like a blue tank top and a red tank top because she's sweated through or threw up all over her clothes, and he has had to change her. Mr. Bexley calling Josh Dr. Josh, which kind of, you know, is kind of goes with the plot so they kind of had put that in there and of course they also kept josh's nickname for lucy which was shortcake and they did leave out a lot about the strawberry farm where she grew up where her parents came from because josh is supposed to be obsessed with checking out the website and her mom's blog and goes into the backstory of her mom was a journalist when she met her dad and she gave all that up and basically the blog is kind of you know how she you know, stays in touch with that, and they, they took out all of that, whatnot, but they did leave in Shortcake, which, which kind of played in to that. The detail, um, the line that they, another line that they kept in was, if I was flirting with you, you'd know it, which tension that it built up was on point. Um, him making his marks in the planner, even though the marks are different. It's supposed to be uh, pencil marks in the margin by the spine, and she's supposed to take a picture of it. In the movie, he does it with red pen on the edge of the page, and she doesn't take a picture of it. And so she's not sitting there obsessing over the picture she took of these little marks trying to decrypt it, but it is still a small little detail that they put in there. They do bring it up at the end, and I think there was a little bit of a difference with the marks that he made versus the marks that you know, they describe in the book. And the closet scene was pretty on point. And then, let's see, they did bring up the strawberry farm a little bit, but they left out a huge chunk of it, which is what led up to the whatever. Oh, and then the, the speech to Josh's dad. Uh, Josh is who keeps it all running, both of us do. And I like you, except for you. Or I like you all, except you. That, that one was pretty nice. And the flamethrower lipstick is another similarity. Danny Fletcher had so much more of a bigger part in the movie than he did in the book. They also made him a lot more goofier. He's supposed to be a Bexley that is kind of like a gammon incognito. He's supposed to dress nice with his pressed shirt, but he's supposed to be a lot more fluid and loose and artistic versus what they show him as. They show him as more of a gammon with, you know, uh, a cat in a, uh, whatchamacallit, spacesuit and a dinosaur and, you know, more nerdy stuff in his office. And they just, they added a lot more gammon to him in, for the movie. And I think that was to make him more quirkier, except they did add in goat parkour. And that was actually really funny. But if you're looking at it as, you know, which was better. The book was definitely much better. If, especially for those people that um, 
really get irritated with the how movies and stuff are so different from the book then why do they say that they're adapted or it's you know or put the little sticker on the book that says now a major motion picture because it's not this movie was nothing like the book i mean it's a great movie on its own and you know if i had watched this movie without knowing that it was adapted from a book it'd be like oh this is a really you know cute movie you know whatever but knowing that it was supposed to be adapted from a book and having read the book it irritated me a lot of all the differences and so if you like books if you liked this book do not watch the movie because you will probably get just as enraged i do like the chemistry between austin stowell and lucy hale they did a great job and standalone the movie is great on its own but when you're comparing it to the book that it's supposed to be adapted from, it does not line up. So ultimately, I'm having to choose a book on this one, even though I would like to choose the movie because I thought the movie was a good movie. It was. But comparing it to the book that it's supposed to be adapted from, it does not match. But on, in all reality, both were equally great on their own. And if you're going to read the book, don't watch the movie. If you liked the movie, don't bother reading the book. But that is going to be all for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can email us at watchmorebooks at gmail.com. And you can even support this podcast by finding us on Patreon. And tune in next time for, I believe we're going to be going over the movie Atonement. So thank you for listening and tuning in and tune in next time. Have a great day.